Okay, Be'ez HaShem, Parshas Bamidbar. Obviously, and every year we know this, that this is the, uh, the Parsha before Shavuos. This is pretty much in every year the Shabbos, Parshas Bamidbar, the Shabbos as a Hagdoma, the introduction before Shavuos. It normally falls out to be the Parsha before Shavuos. So there's obviously a reason for that. And I think every year we try to find a different understanding, a different perspective into what is in Parshas Bamidbar that will give us a uh, head start into what Kabbalah Satur is all about and how for ourselves to be in the Kabbalah Satur in the same way. So we're just going to say, and we'll start from the beginning of the Parsha. And continues to count Klal Yisrael, which as we know, Medrash tells us, that this is, shows how dear Klal Yisrael is, every single individual is so dear to the Rabbi Nishlal that he keeps on counting us. But I want to concentrate on a Medrash. Probably one of the more famous Medrashim, although they always say that. No, this is the famous Medrash. This is the famous Medrash, no, but this one really is. Everyone knows this Medrash. Um, it's not right in the beginning of Medrash Rabbah, but it's close to the beginning. It's actually Sikot and Zion. And the Medrash wants to know what is the purpose of the Torah telling us, Bamidbar Sinai? Why do we need to know where the Torah was given? What's going on over here? So, says the Medrash, and I quote Medrash Rabbah, Bamidbar Sinai, Loma Bamidbar Sinai. Why in Midbar Sinai, Mikan Shonu Chachomim, Bishloshet Varum Nitna Torah? Torah was given with three things the Eish, Ubamayim, Ubamidbar. Continues the next paragraph, Doba Acher, another idea. Vaidaba Shem El Moshe Bamidbar Sinai, Elakol, this is very important words, Rabbi Say, Elakol Mi She'eno Oisa Atzmoi Kamidbar. Translation of the Medrash goes along the lines of if you don't make yourself like a midbar, hefka. What's a midbar? Midbar is total hefkeris. No one owns it. No one owns anything. You can do whatever you want over there. So if you don't make yourself like a midbar, hefka, enoi yochol liknois es hachochma vahatoyah. Lakach says the medrash, but midbar sinai. Beautiful. Says the medrash. And again, this is probably one of the famous ones, right? I'm sure you guys know this one. In order, the reason why the Torah said specifically Bamidbar Sinai is to tell us not only is Torah given with three things, but in order for a person to makabal the Torah, if you want to actually really receive, know, and understand and internalize that which the Torah has to offer, you have to make yourself like a Midbar. Now, what does this mean? We learned this as kids. You know, what does that mean? You make yourself like a Midbar, practically speaking. What does the Medrash want to tell us? What's the message of the Medrash? That we have to make ourselves like a midbar. What does that mean? We can't make ourselves hot. We can't grow cactus. What what does the Medrash want from us? What's the practical lesson from this Medrash? So, I saw in the writings of Rabbi Heber, says beautiful things, he's a Talmud of Rav Scheinberg. says a wonderful idea, and then it's as follows. You know, what does it mean being hefka? Let's understand for a moment. The Medrash tells us this is a prerequisite of being Mechabal the Torah. And if you don't do this, you cannot Mechabal the Torah. What is the definition of something Hefka? So the definition of something Hefka generally means that when you walk into the desert, 
Nobody can stop you. you. You can do whatever you want. You can start building. You can start digging. You can just do anything in the world. Nobody's stopping you from doing something in the Midbar. Why? Because it's Hefka. It's Hefka. If you would come to my house and start digging, or start doing whatever you want to do, I'd say, excuse me, what are you doing? It's my house. You can't just walk into somebody's house and start doing whatever you want. It's not Hefkeris over here. You can't just do whatever you want. So that, in a nutshell, is the difference between Hefka and not Hefka. What is it, if we delve deeply into ourselves, that stops people from being receptive to what the Torah has to offer? What is it exactly? One of the main reasons and the main character traits is Kapdonis. But a person is, is, is makpid. In other words, basically, how do we translate the word makpid? It means you're very fussy. You're very rigid, unaccommodating. Something similar to that. Anybody that has such a midah, that is an unaccommodating person, he's a rigid person, everything has to be the way that he wants it to be, and if not, it doesn't work, such a person cannot learn Torah. Because such a person can only learn Torah when the air conditioning's going, and he got the right breakfast that he wants, his mattress is nice and thick, everything is luxurious, everything is exactly the way he wants it to be. I'm in my base medrash, I've got my chavusas, I've got the Rebbe which I like, not the one that I don't like, I've got the roommate that I like, not the one that I don't like, everything goes the way I want it to go. A person who that's how he runs his life, and that's how he learns, and that's how he wants to learn, is never going to be a couple to Torah. You know, this week in the parasha, as we move on in the parasha, we'll get back to this in a moment, but just to take a little bit of a, a brackets and apprentices, you know, we've got the sugya that uh, the Rabbi Shalom tells Klal Yisrael, who were so close to the Mishkan, they were surrounding the Mishkan, which obviously was the reason that they did that, was in order to get closer to the Rabbi Nishlam, the closer you are to the Mishkan, the closer you are to Hashem. And they were desperately trying to do that. And Klal Yisrael were getting closer and closer, the Rabbi Nishlam says, no, 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 no. The Levim have to be right close. Klal Yisrael moved behind, moved back, took a few steps back, and the Levim took over. In fact, the Sfasemes on the parasha writes that you know, some, there were some individuals of the regular Bnei Yisrael who were upset. They were very, very upset. What is going on? Is the Vim are coming in in front of me? Hello? I know more than him. What does he know? And he's getting right in front row. He's getting the Mizrach seat. This guy sits in the front. Says the Sfas MS. They were clearly saw was a little bit upset. What's going on over here? But yet, the Torah understood. And the Rabbi told them to do this. Because this is what they needed to do. They needed to not only listen to the Rabbi Nishram, they also needed to be makiras makoimai. As the Mishnah Perkyavas tells us, that's one of the 48 ways to acquire Torah. But I want to read you another Mishnah. In Perkyavas, Perkyavas, Mishnah Dalit. It's this man of Perkyavas, so we can get away with this. We can do this the whole year. Kachi shal Torah, says the Mishnah. Okay, remember this, Rabbi Isai. The Mishnah is telling us, what is the derech of Torah? How do you do Torah? Kach hi darkeshel Torah. Pas v'melech toichel. You eat bread with a little bit of salt. Umayim v'mesura tishteh. And you drink a little bit of water. V'al ha'oritz tishon. And you sleep on the ground. That, says the Mishnah, is Torah. V'chayet tzar tichyeh. You have a life of tzar uba Torah and your omel in Torah, 
And if you do this, so maybe I can understand Oilam Hapa. Okay, so if you give up everything in this world and you just sit and learn, no luxuries, nothing, and you just learn, so I can understand that in the next world you'll have a great life. That's what the Mishnah is telling us. But the Mishnah also tells us, in this world. Why? What's so exciting about the life that the Mishnah just described to us? A little bit of bread, a little bit of salt, lying on the floor. What on earth is going on? Number one, what type of life is this? What type of life does the Rabbi want us to have? We want to learn Torah. Torah is meant to be sweet. And not only that, how many people do we ever find doing this? And yet they have a wonderful life in Torah. So what's going on? What is the Mishnah telling us? What's the Pshat? So I think we could bring a Misa, or maybe two, to show us exactly what this means the Meisters of Gifta. Rav Gifta was the Rashiva of Tel's Yeshiva in Cleveland. And there was a Talmud who is already a famous Meiser. There was a Talmud who was having a machlikas with his wife who should take out the rubbish, the garbage. He was having a machlikas. And he was saying, well, listen, I'm a Talmud Chacham because I learn all day. Therefore, it's, you know, beneath my dignity to take out the rubbish. I can't do that. And she says, no, it's not fair because I do everything else. And he comes to his Rebbe. What does a person do when you have a Sophic, you have a Machlikas, you have a situation, you have something that comes up in life? You go to your Rebbe. So they went to Rav Gifta. You know, we look at it from an outside and we think, my gosh, that's what you bother Rav Gifta with. But again, if that was his Rebbe, that was someone he talked to, he had a shyly, he wasn't sure what to do, that's who he went to. He went to Rav Gifta and Rav Gifta said, listen, I can't help you. I, I can't help you. I, I can't decide. You both have great arguments. She does everything in the house so she deserves not to do it. He's a Talmud Chacham so therefore maybe it's a little bit beneath his indignity. It's not so coveted to do it. So therefore, you know, you know, even though it's interesting because I remember I was once in, um, once I was, one of my times I was in New York, I went to go and visit, um, I went to go and visit um, one, of the, one of the very big Rosh Hashivas in, in America. And it was amazing, we had an appointment with him and we were going, getting to the house and we see him taking out the garbage. Like, there he was taking out the garbage. And so I went over to him and said, can I take out the Rosh Hashiva's garbage? Like, it's not, you know, it's not, you know. It's, and he looked at me like, why, why can't I take out my own garbage? No, he didn't even understand. Like, why, why can't I take out my own bag of garbage outside? Like, I understand, right? But again, this was the question they had. Give said, I can't help you. There's nothing, what, not what to do over here. On Erev Shabbos, this couple gets a knock on the door and a shock to see that Rav Gifta himself, the Rosh Hashiva of Tells, is standing by the door. He says, Rebbe, Rebbe, Rosh Hashiva, what can I do for you? What, can, what, what brings you here? I've come to take out your garbage. An unbelievable miser. Unbelievable miser. But you know what it shows? It shows something tremendous and maybe that's what the Mishnah Prikovic is telling us. The Mishnah Prikovic doesn't mean literally go and sleep on the floor. And if you don't sleep on the floor, you're not going to be Zeichat Atoh. And if you don't drink a cup, a cup of water, you're not going to be Zeichat Atoh. No, that's not what it means. What it means is, if you're Makbid on every luxury, and you are Makbid to only learn Torah when it suits you, when you're in the mood, when everything is good for you, and when life is perfect, and I have my base medrash, and my yeshiva, and my rebellion, and my chabrusas, and the right mattress, the right orange juice, everything is perfect. You can't learn. You will not be kabbal Torah. Torah can only be the couple when a person understands that in life situations come up and you still have to learn. That's what the Mishnah is telling us. Be accommodating as the over here, the Pasuk over here is telling us an unbelievable Yisoyed. 
Be a midbar. What's a midbar? Hefka. What's hefka? Be accommodating. Learn to be flexible. It's a midbar that applies in life as well. It's not only to Torah. This applies to everything. You want to get married and have a good marriage? You want to have a good business relationship with your partner or with your colleagues? Or anything that goes, it goes to, with your children. It goes with, with your parents, with anyone. This is the key to any relationship. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky used to say this. I remember my Meshkech, Rabbi Yaakov, telling us about this. You know, he'd walk through a front door. And right before he went to his front door, he'd look at the mezuzah, as you're meant to do. And he looked at the mezuzah and he saw that it slanted. Which we know is a machrikus rashin rabbeinu tam. Are we meant to have our sifrei Torah, our mezuzahs, straight up or lying down? The spadim, as we know, paskin, straight up. That's where their bimah is, is flat. What we do is we do a pshara. That's how our bimah, Ashkenazi bimahs are generally slanted. Because a sefer Torah has to be slanted. And an Oren Kodesh ever wondered why they don't build these things where you could put the sefer Torah right in without having it to wobble, figuring out to put it back. It doesn't fall, it doesn't slip. You've got the chain there. What's the purpose? The purpose is because of that. It's that it sort of slips down and it's on a slant. You chain it up, obviously, to make sure it's safe. And that's it. And the mezuzah is the same thing. It's slanted. It's a Jav Kamenetsky because right before you go into your house, you have to learn to be flexible. You have to learn to have a pshara between Rashi Rabbeinutam or between anything that may go on within the walls of your home. This is the recipe for any relationship that you want to have. This is the key. And not only that, it's the key to Torah as well. Somebody recently told me that, uh, you know, the whole quarantine thing is getting everyone a little bit overweight. Not everyone, you know, whatever. People are finding it difficult to exercise, eating habits and the scheduling, everything is a little bit difficult. So he says to me, now he got let out a little bit, whatever he was, he started to take on uh, tennis. Playing tennis. So he says to me, very interesting, you know, he hasn't played tennis for years. And um, I didn't know this, to be honest with you, that's my ignorance of tennis. But he says to me a very interesting, one of the traditions, apparently, of tennis, this is like the thing that you do if you play tennis, is that after every few games, the players switch sides. Is that right? Is that that true? Anybody knows this one? Is this a true minic? I think so, right? That's what he told me. He told me it seems to be a mukubal, it's an accepted custom within the tennis players that that's what you do. And he says, you know, in the beginning, I didn't understand it. You know, I'm just comfortable playing on my side. I like the side, I'm sort of used to the surroundings and the scenery, it's great, but I have to change sides for. And then it hit him, and then he realized, he says, because when you switch sides, you suddenly see the world and you see the other tennis player, the opposition, in a different light. You see the way that he looked in it in a different way, and it sort of changes your whole perspective in life. And it's incredible, because we mentioned this, if you remember, that we, said, we spoke about this one time, about being flexible. And we mentioned this, the famous marshal that they bring in the, in the world of psychology, that when you go to an optometrist, and you say, Mr. Doctor, tr- optometrist, I can't see very well, I'm having trouble with my glasses. Maybe my prescription isn't good, maybe it's getting, I, I need to figure it out. So he takes off his glasses, and he gives them to you. And he says, hey, try these ones on. So you put them on, you're like, whoa, no, 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 I can't see anything. This is terrible. No, no, no. I take it straight off. He's like, I understand what's the matter with you. He's like, what do you mean? I I can't see well. He's like, those glasses have been perfect. They've served me very, very well for 25 years. There's no reason they shouldn't serve you also. And that is a Gavaldagir site. 
Because sometimes we look at life in our perspective, we don't look at anyone else's perspective. Here the Torah is telling us an unbelievable lesson for Kabbalah Satoya. An incredible lesson, Erev Shavuos. Right, right now, Parshas Bamidbar. If you want to be Zaychet the Torah, says the Medrash, and again we'll quote the Medrash. If you don't make yourself like a midbar, hefka, ain't yochaliknois esa chachma vatoya. If you're not hefka, if you are not able to be flexible, if you're not able to be un, uh, to be more accommodating to yourself, you'll never be makabal vatoya. Everything has to be right. Everything has to be the way you want it to be. And that's an incredible thing, and it's an incredible lesson for a person to remember right now for Kabbalah Satoya, especially now, especially this year. And there's so many lessons that we've seen in the parishes recently that really are talking to us in our situation. Yes, we don't have our regular shuls, Beisim Medrash, Yeshiva situations, Rebbeim, whatever it is, but we can still learn. We can still be in the capital Torah. And forget, maybe in these situations, in these circumstances, maybe it's more powerful. Because in a regular year, it's easy for us to learn. You stay up the whole night, the air conditioning, you've got all the fancy buffet in the entrance of the yeshiva with all the food and the drinks. Bring it on, it's great, it's wonderful, everyone else is doing it. You go along with the crowd. Maybe this year, when it's a little bit more difficult, and it's not exactly according to the way that you normally do it, and it's comfortable for you, it's more difficult. Maybe that shows the Rabbi Mishkulim, your hefka like a midbar. You're just like a midbar. You are able to give up yourself, to not be so rigid, to not be so fussy on everything. And it's a lesson that I think is a tremendous lesson for Kabbalah Satoya, for the parasha, Be'ez HaShem, the Rabbi Nishim, should give us all siyata deshmaya to makabal the Torah, Be'ez HaShem. Next week, we will not be giving a parasha sheh on Wednesday. We're going to be doing Be'ez HaShem in Kabbalah Satoya Wednesday, 4 p.m. USA time. Be'ez HaShem, join us. Then I do want to mention as well, as another Hakdama, uh, we mentioned that after Shavuos, we mentioned that after Shavuos, we're going to be doing sh- um, uh, questions and answers on any topic in the world. So remember guys, send me an email, aw at etrog.net.il. Send the email in. This way we can have questions from the guys. I will not mention anyone's names unless you want me to. Generally, everything will be private. So you can ask any question on any topic. And in Sheh Be'ez HaShem, straight after Shavuos, we're going to start going through some of the questions with some of the answers. Be'ez HaShem Yisparach. 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 Be'ez HaShem Yisparach.